Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Tuesday night, and you know exactly what that means. It's time for the real conversation with Shayna Thornton. Let's talk America with hopes. Shana Thornton is your radio talk show spotlighting the critical issues of today. She is certain to feature expert guests and celebrities each and every Tuesday night. She is a celebrated newspaper columnist, popular blogger, and award-winning radio talk show personality who has a passion for groundbreaking discussions. Here she is. Let's welcome the one and only, the engaging host for the national show. Please give it up for Shana Thornton. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Let's Talk America with your host, Shana Thornton, on this dynamic Tuesday night. Thank you for joining us. I am so excited you have selected to spend the next 30 minutes with us, and I surely hope you will not be disappointed. You know, this National Family Radio Talk Show caters to all of the communities out there. Let's Talk America with your host, Shana Thornton, brings an array of topics and exclusive celebrity guests to your table, your table at home, uh, if you're sitting in your cubicle at work, or in the car en route to pick up the kids or your spouse. Do know that this show is for you, and we certainly aim to deliver refreshing and original programming that will hopefully influence your life in a very game-changing manner. We spotlight the important issues that matter to you. This award-winning national show confronts the real issues of today in our culture. Our featured conversations are relevant to everyone. Do stay connected with the show and please share us with everyone you happen to know. This is your family radio talk show. I do value your commitment to staying with us each and every Tuesday night at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. You know the tagline here on the show, it's real talk for real people. Real talk for real people. Right now, please listen in briefly to hear from just a few of our dynamic and dedicated listeners. Hi, I'm Dr. Charlotte Vincent Brown with Parenting Through the School Year, and I'm listening to Let's Talk America with Shana Thornton. Good evening. My name is Gloria Legrone, and I'm the owner of SAC DUI Risk Reduction School. We're conveniently located at 125 South Sackenton Parkway in McDonough, Georgia. SAC DUI School is the state of Georgia's certified risk reduction program. It has now partnered with SBZ Counseling Services Unlimited, which is a full-service provider of individual counseling, group counseling, parenting, anger management, substance abuse, grief, etc., domestic violence, psychological and mental health evaluation and assessments, DUI evaluations, and now DUI school, making this a one-stop facility for the Henry County, Clayton, Bayette, Rockdale, and the greater Atlanta communities. For additional information, you can access the SBZ website or visit our website at SACDUISchool.com and click on the SBZ link for a complete listing of services they provide. SAC DUI Risk Reduction School is to provide an interactive, knowledge-based environment which promotes safety and provides individuals with the tools necessary to make low risk choices, to develop a healthier attitude, and how to apply that knowledge for a lifetime. At SAC DUI School, we stress safety, attitude, and knowledge. Author William James says, it is our attitude at the beginning.
beginning of a difficult task which more than anything else will affect its successful outcome. For additional details, please visit our website, SACDUISchool.com, or give us a call at 678-962-3837, where they office Monday through Friday from 10.30 a.m. until 3 o'clock p.m. Remember, life is about choices. We look forward to serving you in the near future. We would like to take this opportunity also to thank you for tuning in to listen to Let's Talk America with our host, Shana Thornton. Thank you very much. This is Lady Vonsville Belcher, and I am supporting my new single entitled All Right, and you can get it at all social media outlets, uh, CD Baby, iTunes. Uh, the name of the single, again, is All Right. And you may contact me on Facebook, Vonsville Belcher, on my fan page, Lady Vonsville Belcher, all social media outlets, Lady Vonsville Belcher. You can also contact me on my website at LadyVonsvilleBelcher.com. And today I am just so elated to be on this broadcast and on this platform that has been uh, there made convenient for me. And you are listening to Let's Talk America with Sheena Thornton. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in with us each and every Tuesday night. We are very thankful to have you on board. Please stay connected. Now, do you want to get on the air to say hello? Do you have pertinent news to share with a national listening audience? Simply email the radio show at letstalkshana at gmail.com. Again, that simple, easy-to-remember email is letstalkshana at gmail.com. One email takes care of everything. We would love to hear from you. Speaking of hearing from you, are you out there on social media? Are you on Instagram? If so, do connect with us by simply searching Let's Talk America radio show. Are you on the very famous Facebook? Then simply search Let's Talk America with host Shana Thornton. Lastly, if you like to send tweets, please search for our handle on Twitter by simply searching SS Thornton. That's S.S. Thornton. And remember, of course, if all else fails, just simply put the show's name, Let's Talk America, with host Shana Thornton, and any of your favorite search engines out there on the web, and you are bound to find us. And we're out on social media because we know you are. Do connect with us. We have important messaging to share with you. Now, I am so excited and really looking forward to tonight's featured conversation. This interview with our celebrity guests will surely encourage and educate you. Tonight, we have a very important topic and featured guests with us. Let's Talk America with host Shana Thornton is putting the spotlight on autism and children. Autism and children. We have the esteemed Dr. Robert Melillo with us tonight. This functional leading neurologist has written books and has treated children firsthand with autism. And he is here tonight to share some unconventional and innovative approaches in the treatment and care 
of autism. You have to stay with us. And I will tell you this, if you think you already know everything there is to know about autism, you are always capable of learning more. Our featured guests will truly, truly inform all of us on information we do not know yet. Knowledge is power. We have to stay empowered with information. Stay with us. Now, let everyone know that it's all going down right now, an exclusive featured conversation with the one and only the esteemed neurologist, Dr. Robert Malillo. He is with us tonight. Now, you know this show is always jam-packed, and it's only 30 minutes long, so we have to keep pushing ahead. Right now, we're going to go over our words of inspiration for tonight's show. What we see depends mainly on what we look for. Again, words of inspiration for this Tuesday night show is what we see depends mainly on what we look for. Please have a positive outlook on life. Keep pushing ahead. Our featured guest is an advocate for hope and progress. We have the one and only Dr. Robert Malillo with us tonight. Please allow me to formally introduce this leading medical doctor, one of the most respected specialist in childhood neurological disorders in America, Dr. Robert Malillo has been helping children overcome learning disabilities for over 20 years. His areas of expertise include autism spectrum disorders, excuse me, obsessive compulsive disorder, dyslexia, Asperger's, Tourette's, bipolar disorder, and other attention behavior and learning disorders. As a clinician for 25 years, a university professor, brain researcher, and best-selling author, his cutting-edge research and success with over a 1,000 children and his very own private program is actually what led to the creation of the Brain Balance Achievement Centers. Brain Balance Centers are cutting-edge supplementary learning centers catering only to children with various learning disabilities. It was Dr. Malillo's best-selling 2009 book titled Disconnected Kids that platformed him to national prominence. Dr. Malillo's leadership in the field as well as his personal dedication to the creation of a drug-free multi-model educational program for children with ADD, ADHD, dyslexia, Asperger's, and autism spectrum disorders have made him one of the most sought-after speakers on the subject today, both in the U.S. and abroad on the international scene. He is the current president of the International Association of Functional Neurology and Rehabilitation, as well as the co-editor-in-chief of the journal Functional Neurology. Listeners of Let's Talk America from all over, please help me welcome a leading figure in the field of autism and children, Dr. Robert Malillo. Hello, Dr. Melillo. Welcome to Let's Talk America with your host, Shana Thornton. We are so excited you are on with us tonight. I'm glad to be here, Shana. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Now, there's been a lot of news out there about autism, and I really thought it would be a great idea to bring a leading medical expert on, such as yourself, to talk about it. Now, we're going to go over the basics one-on-one. What is autism? Well, from a symptom standpoint, autism is really a disorder that affects 
uh, an individual's ability to communicate both on a verbal and sometimes non a nonverbal way, meaning that it's hard for them to read facial expressions, social cues, um, and along with that, they often um, will also have certain repetitive behaviors. Uh, they may have what we call spins or kicks. And, um, and along with that, with autism, there, there is often not just a, a disability where it affects their behavior and may affect how they perform in school or their intelligence. There's a wide range where you have some have a very low IQ uh, and others that have a genius level IQ. Um, but there's also other, other symptoms that often involve the body, the digestive system, the immune system. Um, so it's, it's a developmental disability. Um, there is no injury in the brain per se. Okay. Uh, but, you know, as far as what's happening in the brain, that's my main area of research, and that's really where it all started with me with a lot of, you know, writing my books and actually doing research and really also developing brain balance was really trying to identify what's happening in the brain. What's happening in the brain is that there's a delay in development in the right side of the brain, usually in children that are pretty gifted with the left side of the brain, and the two sides of the brain in different areas of the brain are uh, not connecting with one, area, with one another, not communicating with one another. Mm-hmm. And we search, see certain areas that are what we call uh, over-connected, and we see other areas of the brain that are under-connected, and we often see that the children have these unevenness of skills where they're maybe really good at certain things and really delayed at others. Okay. Now, how many kids does this affect worldwide, doctor? Um, that's a good question. And, you know, it really kind of depends on the estimates of, you know, how different countries can measure it. Um, you know, a couple of years ago, 2011, uh, in um, South Korea, they identified that they had one in 38 children or one in 20 boys, and that was the lowest number. It's still the lowest number today. Yeah. Uh, we know that um, uh, the United Kingdom had somewhere around one in 58, and that was several years ago. Okay. Um, the United States, you know, we just uh, came out with numbers. The CDC just announced one in 68 children, one in 42 boys. Um, and that's a 30% increase from just two years ago. So it's hard to say exactly, you know, what the numbers are. We know that the, that the United States has some of the highest numbers. Okay. But there are other, other countries as well. Mm, interesting. Now, I've got to know this. What age is autism generally detected or recognized by the parent or the pediatrician? Well, technically, by Diagnosis, uh, it's supposed to be diagnosed by three years of age. Okay. Um, but the most common age right now is about four or five, that it's recognized by a pediatrician. Yes. Um, and that's, um, you know, way too late because we know that there are many signs very early on. There was a study that came out a few months ago from Emory University showing that by using eye tracking, by being able to look at a baby, at an infant, by look at the where their eyes are looking at the mother's, at the mother's face, yeah. um, that you could identify a child who would be autistic at two to six months of age. Oh, wow. Um, and, we, and I always look at and I talk about that really some of the earliest findings 
uh, are really a lack of motor development. So mm -hmm. if a child does not roll over at three to five months, yeah. if they don't crawl on time, if they crawl in an unusual way, um, if they're uh, delayed in walking, if they don't walk at one year, okay. um, often that is uh, a sign that autism is, is going to be present and, you know, waiting to see if the child is language delayed, which is typically what happens, is way too late. And uh, we also know that there was a recent study just came out last week as well in the New England Journal of Medicine showing that autism, uh, can, uh, by looking at um, the autopsies of people with autism that died, we could tell that autism really starts in the womb around the second trimester. So mm. it's already present when the child is born. Mm. Very fascinating. Now, you spoke of the signs uh, that often you're saying may be detected by a pediatrician around four, which you're saying is way too late. What behaviors should a parent be aware of when they're observing childhood development? Because, you know, Dr. Melillo, unlike yourself, you're medically trained. Most parents aren't, especially first-time parents, so it's all new to them. And, you know, I guess often very first-time parents can be nervous about everything. They're not rolling over or walking like the neighbor's kid. But what other obvious signs should a parent say there's something uh, that's abnormal and I need to bring this to a physician's attention? Yeah, you know, um, again, I think that the, the idea that a child isn't rolling over, isn't crawling, you know, typically the typical pediatrician will tell you that that's not a problem. I can tell you from my experience it is a big problem. Um, so if a child, if a, you know, if a child is delayed in rolling over or crawling, a parent should be concerned. And there are things that could be done right then and there. The most common reason that a child doesn't roll over or doesn't walk is either they have some sort of uh, low muscle tone or imbalance of muscle tone, okay. and they don't get rid of what we call primitive reflexes, which are reflexes that we're born with that allow us to move but can hold us back if they don't go away. The other thing for the average parent, and uh, especially for new parents, especially for mothers, is really looking at that eye contact or what we call nonverbal communication. Okay. Um, there's something called joint attention that we know that, are, that occurs at around 18 months where a baby will, let's say, look at a bottle on a countertop, look at the mother, will point at the bottle, get the mother's attention yes. with their eyes, and and uh, and together they'll have this joint attention that you know mother knows what the baby wants and the baby knows that the mother knows that what it wants and that's something that um, you know occurs at about 18 months but even that is is pretty far down the road so most mothers of children uh, with autism will tell you that they didn't seem to connect with them on the same level. There was this kind of disconnect. Okay. One of the reasons why I called my first book Disconnected Kids. Yes. Um, and we know now there's a scientific evidence that the babies uh, that have autism, they don't look the mother in the eyes. Um, they focus on the mouth or they don't focus on the mother's face, where most babies are fascinated by their mother's face. Yes. Mm. Now, let us know this. Is there a specific group of kids who are more likely to be diagnosed with autism? Because from what I know, it's mostly males. Is this correct? Yes. Okay. Um, about five times as many more males than females. Um, and, you know, when we look at 
you know, who is more likely to have uh, autism? You know, autism, it has traditionally been looked at as a, a genetic disorder, which means that it is, you know, typically looking for a genetic mutation or something like that. Okay. But what we know now is that that's not, that doesn't seem to be the case. Um, but we do think that it seems to run in families. Um, and one of the reasons why we don't believe it's genetic per se is because it doesn't seem to fit a genetic profile. For instance, almost no parent of a child with autism has autism. Um, mm. Also, most of the uh, most individuals with autism don't go on to have their own children. So why would it be increasing at an epidemic level? Okay. It should actually be decreasing over time. Um, so again, you know, it doesn't seem to fit that. But what we do know is that there is something called an autism trait that can run in families. And it yeah. means that although only about 18% of the siblings of a child with autism will also have autism, that if you look at the family history, that they have certain personality traits or intellectual traits that seem to stand out. Okay. Um, some people have even referred to this as a geek trait, meaning that um, if you look in areas around the world where there are people that are, you know, super intelligent in the verbal language and in technology that work for the IT industry that are good in math okay. and science, um, those areas you have clusters of much higher percentages of children being born with autism. So, for mm. instance, like Silicon Valley, it's one in ten oh, children wow. have autism, and it's mostly the higher functioning autism. Okay. Um, so what we see is that the, the way I've looked at this, and in my most recent book I identified this trait as really being related to people that have very high left-brain dominant skills. Okay. So in autism, what we see, children that have autism, they have a delay in development. Almost all of their weaker skills, their delayed skills, are right hemisphere. Okay. And all of their superior skills are left hemisphere. What we see is their parents look like that where their left hemisphere is dominant. They're very, very bright. They tend to do better in academics. So we know that if you actually look and you look up as you go up the socioeconomic scale, yeah. as you, you know, the, the better, the, the, you know, better job you have, the more money you make, the better school you went to, okay. the higher IQ you have, yes. the more likely you are to have a child with autism. Hmm, very interesting information. We are talking autism and childhood development with the one and only, the esteemed Dr. Robert Melillo here on Let's Talk America with host Shana Thornton. Now, doctor, you've treated children with autism firsthand. So explain the emotions that the parent or guardian may experience when initially told about the diagnosis for their children because I'm sure some of that has to be perhaps shocking or maybe not if the mother detected maybe something was abnormal with development but perhaps disappointing. Uh, just sincerely tell us what those emotions may look like for that parent. Well, you know, in many cases, um, you know, the parents are very devastated or very scared. Um, most likely, most commonly because they're really not told anything. They're not really, this, it isn't explained to them. Okay. And, um, and they're given information very commonly that, that I think is, is wrong. Uh, but, you know, they're kind of led to believe that, 
you know, this is a disease that just kind of suddenly hits a child out of nowhere, and there's no way of predicting it, and there's, you know, nothing that can be done, and that it's an absolutely lifelong disability that will never go away, and it's purely genetic, and there's nothing you can be done, can do about it. Okay. Um, and many parents, I've seen many, many, many parents that have been told, literally by a, phys- by a physician, that they should start looking for an institution for their child. At three years of age, oh, they should no. start preparing to put their child in an institution. Oh, my. You can imagine, you can imagine how devastating that is. Yes. And I've seen all different types of things. Like, I had one mother that came to a brain balance center in Atlanta okay. from Oklahoma. Um, and her son had Asperger's, which is a very high-functioning autism. Okay. But, you know, he definitely was struggling in school, and he was struggling socially, and... He, you know, she really didn't know what to do. But the principal of her school one day came up to her and said, um, you know, Natalie, don't worry. The world needs garbage men, too. Um, And she just was, like, so devastated and angry. Not that there's anything wrong with being a garbage man, but that this man had already just limited her son's potential. That, you know, there was, you know, if he wanted to be a garbage man, great. Yes. You know, don't tell him that that's all he could ever do. That's right. You know, and especially when he was also, you know, very, very gifted. He was a very bright kid. Yeah. So, you know, it's funny because that mother, she came to our brain balance center in Atlanta. She moved there for a few months and brought her son back, and she's kept in touch with me. Her son went back and ended up being um, uh, on a state championship football team. He ended up being in the first chair in the music uh, program. And uh, he ended up, I think, getting a scholarship to college. Uh, But also there was one day where she was called down after he came back. And um, she was called into school uh, because her son got in trouble. And she said, "What, what is he in trouble for? And they said, well, he was kissing a girl in the hallway. Okay. So she started to laugh, and they said, well, why do you think that's funny? And she said, don't you remember that this is the same kid that you told me a year ago that he would never have normal relationships with anybody his whole mm. life because of Asperger's? Fascinating. <laughs> Fascinating. And, and things certainly work out. So I, I want to expound more on hope, uh, that notion, as we begin to wrap up. We just have a few minutes left. But having a, a gentleman of your caliber on, we have to talk about the therapies and innovative approaches that can be used to help treat uh, or cope with, rather I say, autism in children. I know you've got the Brain Balance Centers. I know they're renowned. They're popular in Atlanta metropolitan, all over the country. Um, really quick, uh, what approaches are, are available for uh, parents when they've, they've had that diagnosis? They've been given that your child is autistic. What's next? Well, I think it's very important. First of all, my most recent book, which I think is really important, is to understand that this epidemic rise, going from 1 in 10,000 to you know, 1 in 68 now, um, really is being driven by environmental factors. And most of those environmental factors are lifestyle, meaning diet, exercise, stress levels, how we treat our body, the level of stress hormones, um, and as well as things that we expose ourselves to, like certain drugs or the age that we choose to have kids or all of these different things. And most of these environmental factors are what we call risk factors, meaning they elevate the risk of a young couple uh, or an older couple having a child with autism okay. or some other disability. So first and foremost, um, in my book, I show how, 
you know, I believe we can prevent these disabilities by having a, by people that are, before they get pregnant, by really looking at their body, looking at their health, and I describe all of the risk factors that we know, things like diabetes and obesity and hypertension and folic acid deficiencies and iron deficiencies and high cortisol levels and imbalances in hormones. Those are all things that we can measure and we can change. And if you do that before you're pregnant in both men and women, like there was just a study came out yesterday showing obesity in dads elevates the risk of of that uh, 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 dad having a kid with autism. Okay. These are all controllable, and we can change that, and we can prevent the child from having autism. Not mm. prevent the child, but for, prevent the child from having a disability. Okay. But after the fact, when the child is born, you know, because it's this developmental imbalance, there are many things that can be done. Like I said, first and foremost, it's intervening on getting the child to improve their motor skills by working with what we call their primitive reflexes um, and doing things that are going to stimulate their senses and also certain things nutritionally that may reduce inflammation, that may uh, affect their immune system because the fact that they're born with autism, it already affects their digestive system and their immune system from the time that they're born. Yes. Um, so we can do different things nutritionally that can really help them. Uh, in my book, Disconnected Kids, that's probably, I think, the single best program that a parent can use at home um, that really explains what's going on and allows them to tailor it because each child with autism is different. Okay. So you can't use the same approach on every child. But what you really need to do is not just a behavioral management and not just and not medicating the child, but you need to really do a complete approach that looks at motor skill development, sensory stimulation, cognitive and active, academic training, as well as nutrition and diet, all of that in combination directed towards the child. Of course, I think that, you know, the best thing is, is looking at our brain balance centers, which, as you said, we have 75 of them. But if the parent looks at disconnected kids and reconnected kids, that's really the home program that they can use. And if they look at my most recent book, they might be able to prevent their child from having a disability before they before they're even born. And ultimately I think, you know, that's going to be the, the primary treatment that we're going to look at is prevention. Mm, powerful information from a leading figure in autism in this country and really around the world. Now, Doctor Robert Melillo, any final advice or guidance? To a parent listening in right now, we've got listeners uh, based out of San Francisco, uh, even in uh, the Bronx, up in New York, and uh, maybe they've had the diagnosis of their child being autistic for a year, or maybe they're concerned now, they're scared, uh, they had uh, huge plans for their child, perhaps to be a physician like you one day, and they feel that diagnosis may have crushed those dreams. Any final words of hope for this parent listening in right now? Yes, absolutely. There's been a number of studies that came out in the last few years, and especially last year. And it was even in, uh, I think they commented on it in Discover Magazine or Scientific American, that there's been a number of studies that have come out recently and showed that even even children with severe autism, um, that of the group they looked at, 30% of them could completely be normalized. So there was a University of Connecticut study University of Connecticut Medical School study that came out a couple of years ago showing that um, 30% of the individuals that they followed up on and some of them who had had severe autism, that when they looked at them uh, several years later, 
they had lost all signs of autism completely. Wow. So the thinking now is that, you know, in a certain subset or group of, of, uh, of children with autism, that, you know, the idea that they can't be completely normalized and that they can't be completely helped, if they want to be, um, is possible. Now, you know, there's a group of, of people out there with autism that say, hey, listen, we don't want help. We think we're pretty good as we are. Okay. You know what? There's a lot of research now looking at and saying that many companies are specifically trying to hire people with autism because they have these superhuman skills at computers and things like that. Wow. So, you know, they're, they're, uh, you know we're seeing a new world here, uh, but if somebody wants help, uh, there is help out there, and again, I think reading my books will give them the best perspective mm. on that. But the idea that all hope is lost and that the child is doomed forever, that is scientific research does not support that at all. And anybody that says that, they should, any doctor that they go to that says that, they should not go to them and should not okay. see them anymore. Okay, get a right fit for them. And obviously every child is different, uh, autistic or not. Um, but you're saying that uh, apparently... Autistic children can grow to be productive adults. You're saying that is possible. Absolutely. And you know, there's you know, there's a longer discussion that there's two subsets of autism that can be confusing. There's one subset called syndromic, and that is children that really have a genetic syndrome, okay. so something like fragile X or Down syndrome or tuberous sclerosis or Landau-Kleffner. So there's about 10 or 15 percent of those children that are also diagnosed with autism. Now, those children have true genetic diseases and disorders, and, and they may be a little bit more limited in, in what they can do, and they need lifelong type of care. But 85% of children of individuals that are labeled with autism don't have a genetic disorder like that, and they have a functional imbalance in the brain. And in, in many cases, in all cases, they can be significantly improved, and in many cases, completely eliminated. We see it all the time. Uh, but certainly many of these people, even if they still have some of these traits, can be very productive, can get very good jobs. Um, I listen, listen, I lectured at MIT a few years ago to a group of PhD students in the artificial intelligence yeah. uh, lab, and I will tell you that a certain percentage of those individuals would probably be diagnosed with autism, but yet they were at MIT doing pretty wow. darn well. Mm. Wow. So there is hope. So parents listening out there, guardians, aunts and uncles, there is hope. Autism is not the end all. And there's some innovative therapies and treatments going on out there. And before we get out of here, we have to allow you, doctor, to share with our listeners uh, more information about you. I know you have the Brain Balance Centers. You have those two uh, phenomenal books that have done very well selling off the shelves. Uh, tell us how they can get a hold of a member of your staff if they're interested in uh, consulting with you or any of your colleagues about about their child? Yes, com is the uh, website they will use to find out about brain balance centers. But um, I also, with some children with autism, or um, might be uh, too severe or, you know, too low functioning to work with our centers directly. So I, I will see those, uh, many of those individuals myself in a private practice in New York. So if they want to reach me and find out more about me or having get in touch with me, they go to drrobertmalillo.com, um, and they can reach out to me there. But as I said, as you said, I have three best-selling books out there, Disconnected Kids and Reconnected Kids is about a home program 
And then I have uh, my book that came out in 2013, which is called Autism, the Scientific Truth of Preventing, Diagnosing, and Treating Autism Spectrum Disorders and What Parents Can Do Now. And that's really a book that people that are thinking about having children um, should read uh, if, they, if they're worried about, you know, uh, if, in finding ways they might be able to prevent themselves okay. from having a child with a disability. Dr. Robert Melillo, you are doing some phenomenal and innovative work. Keep pushing ahead. And your friend here on Let's Talk America with host Shana Thornton. Thank you for joining us tonight. Thank you, Shana. Powerful conversation about autism and child development. Wow, I have truly been encouraged. But first. Hi, this is Dr. Robert Melillo, author of Disconnected Kids. Uh, and you're listening to Let's Talk America. Tonight's exclusive interview with the one and only Dr. Robert Melillo, one of the leading medical experts on uh, children and autism, uh, is just one of many segments that we feature here on the show. I told you we have Real Talk for Real People. Real Talk for Real People, we feature conversation pieces that are important on a national and international level, and certainly autism is one of the hot topics right now. So this is your show. We address the topics that truly matter to you and your family. Now, you have to stay with us. Join us next Tuesday night, same time, same place. We will be here for another dynamic conversation with another celebrity featured guest. Please tell your family, friends, and colleagues about the content that was on the show tonight. And if you're ever interested in listening to this show again, simply visit www.blogtalkradio.com slash Shana Thornton. And you can look at previously aired shows and also check out our upcoming schedule for more shows. Stay with us. This is your show. 2014 is your year. We have to get out of here, but please remember that all content is original. Copyright 2014 by Shana Thornton. Before we get out of here, I want to leave you with some very inspiring and moving music uh, by the musician William Levant. William Levant, he is a vocalist out of Florida. His voice truly is dynamic. The song is No Room. The song is No Room. This young a gospel vocalist is wanting to share his passion with the world. So stay with us and listen to the music. William Levant's No Room will take us home. See you next week, everyone. Bye. Keep the conversation going. Put your hands together. We come to serve notice that we're not giving any room to the enemy. No room to confuse us. No rooms in our lives. And if you're in agreement with us, I want you to put your fist in the air. Hey, come on, hit that. I ain't giving no room to the enemy. Gotta get everything back that is over me. Surrender to him at the name of Jesus. Surrender to God, stand up, we are warriors. I ain't giving no room to the enemy. Gotta get everything back that is over me. Surrender to him at the name of Jesus. Surrender to God, stand up, we are warriors. Got the love to want to persecute me. This is work that says you will do these things, but I don't care. Gonna try to blind me. Nothing can stop me. Born against me will prosper. I ain't giving no room to the enemy. No, I ain't giving no room to the enemy. We 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 ain't giving no room to the
no rules to the